Join uh, Connected. Yeah, if you, have, if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe you missed the last couple of weeks, go to rlcholland.com and catch up on our messages. They're out there. They're ready to go, plus other messages that are out there as well, too. But this series, we're on part three today. We're pretty excited because this thing is a four-part series that, personally, I believe during prayer that we needed to hear, you know, ways to stay connected. You know, last, last week we talked about relationships. The week before that we talked about not being disconnected. And I simply had an illustration with a lamp. Now, a lamp has a purpose. It was created for something. But if it's not plugged in to its source, it's just there. It looks pretty. It looks cool. But it's not doing what it was created to do. And in a sense, when we don't plug into what God has for us, into his power, into his spirit, to his kingdom, his word, his church, We just look pretty, right? And we're not doing what God created us to do. But when we stay connected, when we stay connected and we're in the power source of Jesus Christ, we have power on earth to illuminate, to to light up dark areas at work, at home, at school, at at, at church. Well, not churches. It should not be here. We have light already, right? Yes? Okay. You know, we had an anchor scripture that we've been on, and I'm going to reread it to you guys. And this is Jesus teaching the disciples. This comes out of John 15, verse 4 and 5, and Jesus says this, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. I'm going to say that one more time. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I'll do that again. You can do nothing. We need to have that sink in our hearts. We need to allow that to marinate in us. We can't do nothing without Jesus. You know, those times I remember just growing up and feeling like, what's my purpose in life? Why, why was I born? Like these little questions that just, I believe every so often we might fall into. But reality is, when the moment I got plugged in to his kingdom, word, church, prayer, family life, I mean, the way his promises, I started seeing all that and realized I need to illuminate Jesus everywhere I go. And again, so week one, we talked about not being disconnected, but staying connected. And then last week, I had an awesome time with my wife. We were able to talk to you guys about relationships and having that being Christ-centered in every relationship that you have. You know, I'm just feeling like I need to say this, but a lot of times we can mistake holiness as just rejecting people. I'm holy, you're not, so this is where we're at. And God's saying, no, 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 no. It's going and being a light for those people. Walk in my ways while you're in that dark area with those people because I will shine the light through you. And so when we are Christ-centered in relationships, don't make the excuse of, well, they just don't understand, and I don't think they're fully sold out for Jesus. You know, and I am. And reality is God might have called you in that, that person's life for the season to illuminate so they can have the opportunity to come as well, too. That's the result when you're connected. Do you know that? The moment you're connected, you start seeing these things that God has for you. And today, I want to continue part three. Really, it's, if I could subtitle it's take action. Everyone say, take action. Yeah. You know, take action, really, I'm just going to be talking about the calling that you have in your life. Do you all know that you're called yeah. by the Lord? 
You know, if you, if you think, what is my calling, this message is perfect for you. A lot of the things that we have to do is very basic principles that God wants us to, uh, to walk and live, preach the gospel, sh- talk about Jesus, shine your light, love people, love God, love your neighbor. So we have these basic things, but that's purpose. Calling is really something that God has for you in your life. You know, I believe that it is important, just as important to have calling in our life than it is with the identity and purpose as well, too. We all know we identify with Jesus Christ. We are, we are in Christ. We are co-heirs with Christ. Because of Christ, I am identified as a child of God. Amen? The second thing we know is that we have a purpose why we're here on earth. Everybody has a purpose. And as important as we see those two things, calling is the same thing. But sometimes, be honest, sometimes we don't treat calling that way. We know it's important and we kind of like just wait on God, okay, show me some things, and rightfully so, but we don't treat it as when someone attacks your identity, you're like, no, I'm speaking back to it. Or, or when someone says you have no purpose, you're coming right back because you know the purpose here on earth. But your calling should be the same way. For instance, when you think of calling, my calling personally, I didn't know it for the first few years, but the moment that God revealed to me my calling, I just felt like I need to operate in that thing because God had so much for me in store. You know, it was in 2005, a lot of you guys know my story, it was in 2005 that I accepted Jesus Christ, but it was 2008 that my calling was revealed, and that calling in my life was leadership. Now, leadership, leadership scared me. Let's be honest with you. Leadership, with me, leadership scared me so much, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know what I was going to do. But it was until I said, God, I accept the calling that I started realizing in my life that that is just as important as my identity and as my purpose here on earth. And if I would have said no to that calling, I would not be here today. You have a calling. And the reason why sometimes we can overlook it is because intimidation can come up. Or maybe you feel like I'm inadequate. Who's ever said, I can't do it? I can't do it. Don't leave me hanging, okay? Seriously. And don't lie. What would mom and dad, mom and grandmas would say? Oh, don't lie. The Lord sees it. <laughs> but reality is, at one point in our life, we can honestly say, yeah, that has intimidated me. You know, I think about Moses and the burning bush. When you look at the burning bush, God called him. Something supernatural happened in his life, a burning bush talking to him. And God called him to do something very big. And he questioned God, and he felt, I'm inadequate, I can't do this. He knew he had purpose, he knew he was a child, and he was living, he was shepherding sheep. And he was doing what God wanted him to do, but God had called him somewhere else, and it took him a while to get over that. And I believe a lot of times we face that in our lives. I think about David as well, too. David was called out of the, out of the pasture, and, and the Bible says that he was anointed as king. He was called by God to lead God's people. And let me tell you something. People looked at David, and they saw his size. They saw his age. They saw, they saw the outward. And this is where the famous verse comes out and says, even though man looks at the outward, God sees the heart. Inside, sure. The heart. He sees the heart. And when God calls you, church, when God calls you to something, You might see the outside, but God sees the heart. He sees exactly what's in you. 
Now, does that mean, uh, you know, we have a microphone? No. No, this is just a piece of what I do. But reality is my calling is outside of this room. And the moment I walk out of those doors, I'm still doing what God has called me to do. You know, we have to learn to position ourselves. Remember I told you in 2005 I accepted Jesus, but it was 2008 God revealed that I have leadership calling in my life. And let me tell you something. I had to learn to position myself because I wanted to run away. I wanted to say, I didn't hear that. What? La, 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 la. You know, you want to do that? I wanted to do that. I'm just being honest with you guys. I wanted to do that because I felt like I was inadequate. I couldn't do it. Then my fears started coming up. My fears, what people were saying about me. I remember thinking people would say, well, you, you don't have elegant speech. Or, or you can't speak in front of people. Or you do this or you do that. And all that started flooding in me. So I'm like, God, why would you call me? And then I read this scripture. This is Luke chapter 19. The first 10 verses, and it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. You guys know Zacchaeus? I think there's a song about that. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, okay, because he was short, amen, right? There's hope coming for short people here, okay? Here we go. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. The other day I went to school. I went to the school with my kids because they had like a, a fun night. And I don't know why, what possessed them to do this thing, but they were raising money, and each class had to like raise a lot of money. Whoever raised the most money had to kiss a goat. I'm serious, a real live goat, like that night. And so weeks are going by, and they're sewing all this money in, they're raising money, and I'm thinking... Like, what? Wouldn't it be the opposite way, the person that didn't? But I, then I saw what they were doing. They're trying to get the kids to give, right? And so I remember the goat came in, a teacher lost, a goat, or one, whatever, and the goat comes in, and, and there's a goat, and she puts the lipstick on, and she's, you know, really getting into this thing, and the kids are getting excited. And I'm telling you, everyone just swarmed around the goat and the teacher. And my daughter, who's five years old, says, Dad, I can't see anything. I want to see her kiss the goat. You know, all this stuff is happening. And all I did was pick up my daughter, put her on my shoulders. And I said, okay, baby, she's, you pick her up. You hold her. No, just, we picked her up. We elevated her eye. We put her in position so she can watch and see if she enjoyed it. You know, in a sense, as I'm reading this thing, it's kind of the same thing. Zacchaeus is facing this crowd of people, and he wants to see Jesus. But what is he going to do? Now let's go back into where am I? Verse 4. It says, so he ran. Okay, he was too short. Uh, couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him. Now that is determination. I'm going to see Jesus one way or another is what I see in uh, Zacchaeus. Since Jesus was coming that way. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him, welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Man, you can already see the impact that Zacchaeus is having because Jesus is there and he, and he called him out. 
He called him out. In verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today, Zacchaeus, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. He just showed him his identity. He just says, because you accepted me, because you're saying yes to me, salvation has come to you. Verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's think about that for a second. Jesus is around with Zacchaeus. A crowd is around him. Zacchaeus can't see because he's too short. Zacchaeus starts getting this determination. He climbs a tree to get into position. Everyone say position because it's where I'm going with this service, all right? Position. Zacchaeus positioned himself to go see God. And because he positioned himself, Jesus called on the name of Zacchaeus and said, salvation is here, and you are the son of Abraham. You are now a child of God. And people were mumbling. It says they were muttering. (laughs) Jesus doesn't even know who this guy is. He's a sinner himself. How many times do we position ourselves to God and say, God, I am here. I am ready. We purposely position ourselves, and then God calls, but we hear people say stuff. Or old things come back flooding our thoughts of what was said about us before, and we decide to get off the tree. We get down a tree. When you stay connected to God and his word, those things won't matter. Zacchaeus climbed the tree. Okay? Zacchaeus climbed the tree. He positioned himself, and he received the calling that Jesus had for him. And even though... They called, people called against him of him being a sinner. Even though they started talking and muttering these things towards Jesus and Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus still had an impact by Jesus and even told him, I will restore four times the amount that I cheated people out. Isn't that a transformation in heart? I mean, if he's a tax collector at that time, he's cheating people. Not only that, the Bible just said he's very wealthy because of it. And if he's impacted by Jesus, you can see he's no longer a slave to money. He's a slave to Jesus. And he's starting to see the impact and the trend. We literally can read this and we can see the transformation happen, but we can also see the attacks happen on Zacchaeus. We need to understand when we get encountered with God, we got to continue to allow God to transform our hearts and our minds. And even though the attacks comes, we don't care. We're being impacted by Jesus and not the world. We're we're being impacted by what Jesus, and Jesus calls on you, and he says, I have a calling for you, and today I'm going to be with you, and wherever I call you to go or do or or serve how I tell you to serve, I am with you, for I'm in your house. I'm in your house. And I love that about Jesus, because he didn't say, this is all me. He says, no, we, it's a we thing, kingdom of God, relationships. And that's why it was so important last week when we talked about every relationship needs to be Christ-centered. Zacchaeus simply positioned himself for Jesus so he can receive the call, and then he took action. Then he took action, and he gave back. First thing he did was gave back four times more. Whoever I cheated, I'm going to give. It was no longer a talk. But it was now a walk. I just learned this a week ago with one of my, one of my leadership, one of my, actually a, a spiritual father of mine. And, and he says a lot of times we trap ourselves through the behaviors that we go into. We behave ourselves into a situation. And when we realize we're wrong, we try to talk our way out of it. And he says you cannot behave, you cannot talk yourself out of something you've behaved yourself in. You need to behave yourself out of it. Did you guys catch that? Baby, did I explain that well? Okay. If you put yourself in a position... 
and you're saying, I want to do this for God, then you need to behave yourself out. For instance, Zacchaeus cheated people. He could have just told Jesus, I'm, not, I'm just going to do this and this and this. But instead of just talking, he decided to do it. And he gave back four times more. So he behaved himself out of that situation. You need to take action. Position yourself and take action to the calling that Jesus is putting in your heart. Don't let fear or intimidation, don't let past sayings of you or who you are stop you from what God is doing. Because when we do that, we don't hit full potential that God has for our lives. We need to continue to take action. You know, in Ephesians chapter 4, in the message translation, the first uh, couple of verses, I love how Paul talk, talks to this church and talking to us as well, too. And he says, I want you to get out there and walk. And then check this out. He says, better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. And I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. So there are paths that will take us nowhere if we're not connected to God. And he says, don't, don't get on those paths. He says this, and mark that you do this with humility and discipline. By humbling your hearts and not going about what you feel, but going about what he says, in other words. And saying, I'm going to do what you want me to do. It goes on and it says, not in fits and starts, but steadily. And I love that part, but steadily. It really is like a, but stay consistent with me. And I'll talk about me for a second. Stay consistent with me, Jesse. Don't just veer off. Don't just do this on a Sunday. Don't just act like this on a Friday. Do this Monday when it's hard and you can't get up. I still want you to be steady with me. And that's what Paul is saying. Don't waver back and forth because people are watching. But know that it is me and stay steady on the course and the road that I'm traveling with you when you do your calling. And when we grasp that, church, when we do that, life is pleasant. It is well, like we were singing it earlier today. It is well with our soul because a circumstance won't stop us from doing what God wants us to do. Stay consistent. You know, I, I shared about my calling, leadership, you know, and just kind of getting into that. And here's what I've learned through my experience. I was always called in leadership. I didn't recognize it, and maybe times I did this to God. But as I turned back in life, I realized that my calling had never changed, even back in 2008 when I first heard it. Now, at that time, I was in Bible school, and the moment I said yes, and, and in a sense, I was sold, sold out for Jesus, so now I'm going to follow my calling, I didn't know it was going to look like this. The first step that happened was I worked for this light crew, um, and we would put Christmas lights all over the campus, and that year, I worked there for a couple of years already, and at that year, they uh, promoted me to foreman, which I had no idea what that was. Was I going to get four men or something like that? I, I mean, that's just, I was just so ignorant to positions and how this worked. But they saw the potential in me. And that whole year, I led, with the boss over me, I led 20 people to putting up this display of lights for the community to come in. It's just a Christmas deal over there in Oklahoma. One year later goes by, and they promoted me with supervisor position. And I'm like, well, what is going on? And now I'm the boss over all of this. You know, and I, I really don't like that word boss, but now I'm leading these people. And I took responsibility in this area. I worked in that area for four years. In the last two years, I was put in position, go figure, 2008, when I found my calling. And I said, yes, I positioned myself for Jesus, and he put me in those positions. I didn't apply for it. 
He put me there because I climbed my tree and I said, Jesus, I'm here. I want to see Jesus. I want to position myself. And he called me. And that's when leadership was revealed to me. And you fast forward after that season was over. And I'm going to say that again. After that season was over, I came back to Holland, Michigan, brought the family here, and we jump-started our middle school program here at this church. Middle school turned into, into uh, high school and middle school. High school and middle school turned into to nursery, res kids, middle school, high school, generations. And, to, and it continues on to today. Now it's over Resurrection Life Church. I share that story because... Seasons changed in my life, but my calling never did. The calling never changed. I didn't try to persuade God. I didn't try to try to work up a chain. I just positioned myself for Jesus. Jesus called me, and I said, where do you want me to go? Oklahoma. Okay, where else do you want me to go? Back to Michigan. Okay, what else? Do you, and I just positioned myself. All I was doing, church, position yourself, and you don't have to fight for anything. God will put you in positions that you, it will blow your socks off. Because it blew mine off. So I don't wear any anymore. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I wear socks, okay? <laughs> Position. It's so important that we, here, here's the thing. We can't just say, oh, I'm just waiting on God. See what he's going to do. God said, take action in where you're at and be faithful right now. Position yourself so I can do the work through you. You don't position yourself, not much is going to happen. Not much will happen. Am I, am I talking to anybody here? When you feel like, well, I don't know if I'm able to, or I'm, I don't know the Bible, I don't, I'm not knowledgeable of all the word, that is an excuse that, God, or that the enemy's trying to stop you from doing what God wants you to do. Because we all miss it. But when you are connected to the main source, he reveals it to you every moment. Be knowledgeable in the word. But don't use that as a tool. Don't use that to say, well, can I do my calling or not? Because reality is this. God called you. It is said that it's done. You have to accept it. And you have to say yes to it. You know, your calling needs to be connected. Or when your calling is connected with the kingdom, understand that your calling also is connected to other people's destination. And I'm going to say this very carefully, okay? The destination of other people do rally on the decisions you make today. You're accounted for that. You're accounted for that. And I'm saying this because I know a lot of times we just don't know this type of knowledge. But if you say no to your calling, to what God is saying in your life, and you don't want to stay connected because of intimidation or fear or, or you're judging yourself and what, can I do this or not, other people are attached to that. If I say no to not being a father to my kids, my kids get impacted. By it. And being a father is a calling in my life. If I say no to being a husband to my wife, I'm not saying I'm there, but I'm not fulfilling the husband role as in loving her, honoring her, respecting her, partnering up with God so we can make my flower blossom. If I'm not doing that, she's impacted. If I say no to all this leadership uh, uh, positions that God has put me in, I wouldn't have hit a live youth. Where are you live youth at? Adults now. We got some over there who are adults today. <laughs> There's more in here. I know there is. Where are the live youth today? Make some noise. Okay, I got to work on you guys because I see a lot of you guys out there. I see a lot of and you guys are all just kind of ducking down. This is, this is what I'm seeing right now. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yes. 
thanks. Understand, church, that it is important for the kingdom to operate the moment you say yes to God. You are an impact in someone else's life. And I thank God I said yes to this, to Jesus, actually, and he gave me this because you guys can be impacted as well, too, as much as I am. You matter to God. You are just as needed as I am to God. God says, when we stay connected, I operate that way. I move that way. It's a two-way road. So don't just wait on me. Just take action. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You weren't created to look pretty. You were created to do work of God. Okay? And he also says, which God prepared. God prepared in advance for you to do. For all of us to do. He prepared this work. He created you. He had that ready. He says, okay, boom, batteries are in, called the Holy Spirit. Now go do what I, I, I prepared in advance for you to do. We need to allow God to, uh, to work. Now, I'll even add Genesis. I don't have the scripture up there, but Genesis says you were also created in his image. So when you see flaws or when you see I can't do this, you're not seeing what God created in you. He says my DNA is in you the moment you said yes to Jesus. My DNA is in you, and I can do the impossible is what God says. When you call to action, I'm going to give you three things that I want you to just realize in a sense, you know, just kind of apply and, and, and remember this in your life. When you take the call to action, when you realize, okay, I got to do this or God's called me to this, I want you to remember these three things. The first one is this. You are unique. You are unique. You're not weird. You're not even different. You're unique. And the reason why I say that is because we can compare ourselves to other people and we try to act like somebody else. Because they got it through our lenses. They got it, so we try to act like them and we don't got it. We kind of don't feel what God is doing and God's saying, you're completely unique in how I created you. I stranded every hair in your life. I stranded, I, I, I knitted you in your mother's womb. I had a plan destined, ready for you to go. You are unique. And I truly believe when Jesus hung on the cross, and people say, well, how is this possible? Well, with God, nothing's impossible. Jesus hung on the cross, and he thought about every single one of us by name. I believe that with all my heart because it was all mankind. And so we have to understand that you, I want you church to understand, you are unique and God created you that way because he's going to do something through you if you allow him to. And Psalms 139.14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, the psalmist says. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Look at this. I am, I am wonderful is what this person's saying, okay? He says, I know that full well. That is confidence in who they are in Christ. And we need to have that confidence within. We need to have that confidence in our life because that's what God put in us. Number two, when you take the call to action, remember this. Don't limit God. Don't limit God. Psalm 78, 41 says, again and again, they, and he's talking about the Israelites, okay? Again and again, they tested God's patience and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power. I'm going to emphasize that. I don't know if it's underlined over there. Yes. Okay. They did not remember his power and how he rescued them from their enemies. I emphasize that part, I underline that part is because of this. God's desire for the Israelites at that time, he would just want to do so much more through them. 
But because they didn't remember, they limited God in your life. Because they simply didn't remember all the miracles that God did to get them from slavery into freedom. And because they didn't remember, they chose to limit God. So I say, church, don't limit God. Remember that the power of God is in your life the moment you say, God, it is your way and not my way. God wants you just to simply remember his power, his strength, his joy is in you. And the last one, and I'll close it with this, the last one is this. Be encouraged. Be encouraged to your calling. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. When you are encouraged by what God is calling you to do, it's exciting. Did you know I get so excited up here knowing that God is using me? There's just an excitement. Who's ever done something and you know this is what God wants me to do? Maybe it was you gave something to somebody or you financially helped somebody or you, you took your own shoes off and gave it to somebody. Who's anybody? Make some noise. The feeling that we have, the feeling that, the encouragement that we, we were just used by God. That's how we see it. And even in the outside, we have this demeanor. In the inside, we're these little children just jumping up for joy. We're just jumping for joy. Don't limit God and be encouraged about what, what God is doing in you. Because when you allow him, excitement comes into our hearts and into our lives. You know, I had an opportunity. I had this favorite, favorite jacket. And to be honest with you, it was, it was, I was clinging onto that thing. And I had a hanger for it because it had my favorite football team. And I just loved it. And it was given by my father-in-law who passed away a few years ago. And that thing was one of my favorite, favorite jackets. And I wore it almost all the time. But I saw somebody in a need and I heard the voice of God on a very cold day. And they had nothing. And I knew what God called me to do at that moment. Can I be honest with you? Is that okay, church? I wrestled with God. I was telling him the meaning of it. I was telling him how cool the team was, you know. <laughs> no, don't, don't be throwing some booze at me, okay? <laughs> I wrestled, and I heard him again. He says, I need you to give it. Man, I said, God, okay. Your will, not my will. And I got to talk to the guy, got to hang out with him. And, you know, I fed him and gave him a couple of bucks or whatever. And just noticed that he was cold. And I said, I, I see that you're, you're cold. He said, yeah, he goes, I'll be all right. I said, here. And he said, no, 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 no. No, I, I don't deserve that. And that's when I knew some things needed to be broken. And I was able to praise the Lord. I led him to Jesus Christ. He accepted Christ at that spot just spending just about 30 minutes with him he accepted the coat and he walked in uh, away with the biggest smile and let me tell you the joy i was in tears and i still get emotional just think about it. i was calling my wife i said marty guess what god did through me guess what god did and she was just saying wow you really gave it up and i said yes can you buy me a new one no, I'm <laughs> but the fulfillment I had because even though this was something I was clinging on to on earth, I decided to let it go and say I cling on to the eternal God in my life. And if I never see that again, I don't care, God, as long as I position myself for you and do what you want me to do. And encouragement came into me. 
And so when God prompts me, that was one of the first times I've ever done that. was years ago. And then when, now when God prompts me, I give up my gloves, I give up my hat. I haven't done this, but I'll give up my shoes if I have to. Here's the deal. There's this excitement, this encouragement that came because I simply just positioned myself for God. I listened to him. He called me by name, and I said, let's go, God. You have the same thing in your life. All of you. Every single one of you guys. But the question is, are you positioning yourself and are you answering the call? Are you taking it to action? Are you taking it to action? Quit trying. Quit trying to care on how you will do it. Don't fall into that trap. And start trusting that God will give you everything you need when you do it. When you do it. Because if you're just waiting or trying to figure out or you know, how am I going to do this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to you know, get these tools in my belt and do it. That's awesome, but that doesn't stop you from doing it in the first place. Just trust God that, you, that he gives you everything you need to do it. And when you stay connected in prayer, when you stay connected in your church family, when you stay connected in the word of God, God pays a way for you. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our heads. I just talked to you simply about part three of staying connected. But it all starts with connection with Jesus Christ. And I don't want to leave without an invitation. And that's what it is, an invitation to you. There's never pressure. But in my heart, I feel like it's an urgent thing that this dying world needs. A living God. That's what they need. And if you have not asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, to live in your heart, you're not connected. And maybe that's why you're not illuminated as much as you want to. Now, you do some good things, but reality, you're not making an eternal impact until you accept Jesus. And if that is you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand because I want to lead you in a simple prayer with all eyes closed. And here's another one. Maybe you are and you have a relationship, but you've been idled. You've been on neutral, and you haven't been taking action. You're saying, I want to recommit, God. Forgive me for not moving. I heard your voice now. Now I want to take action. And if that is you, I also want to lead you in a prayer. So on any of those two invites, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up. With boldness, don't hide it from me. I want you to shoot it straight up. One, I need Jesus. Two, I want Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you and you and you back there. And God bless you. I see you back there. You guys can put your hands down. I'm telling you right now, church, there are people in here that are about to activate their faith and that they want to take action and they want to be used by God, let's back them up with them in prayer. So let's all put one hand over our hearts and let's all declare this together and mean it with all your heart. Say, God, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your word, for your truth. And thank you for giving me this invitation. I accept it. Jesus, I am sorry. For all the sin I committed against you, I ask you to forgive me. And Lord, put your spirit in my heart. I want to position myself, not just an identity, not just in purpose, but I want to hear my calling. And I will no longer let fear stop me from saying yes to you. I love you, Lord. Be my Lord. Be my Savior forever. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen and amen. Go ahead and give it up for those that made a decision. You know, if you look in your book,